Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. This is Arcade Attack. Uh, I'm Rob, hosting today, and with me are Dylan. Hello, Robert. And Adrian. Oh, I'm in here. I'm here, baby. But uh, once again, no Keith. What's what's up with Keith, you guys? Oh, I've I've heard he's got a tummy bug. I've heard this is this is the this is what I'm getting now. I've got a text you. Uh, hey guys, uh, I got the squid. I uh, can't come. Hmm. <laughs> So that's that's from the horse's mouth. That is from the horse's well, mouth. Well, that's an appetising picture. But <laughs> with that out the way, uh, <laughs> let's move on to today because today we are following up the episode we, we did a few weeks ago, the top twenty-five Mega Drive games with the top twenty-five Master System games. Mm. And for this episode, we have a special guest, James, who I'm guessing you're here because of your Master System expertise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, here we go, Set, queuing me up, setting me up. Um, I absolutely adore the Master System. Love it, love it, love it. So to be part of this is absolutely brilliant. So evening, lads, and uh, evening, morning, afternoon, everyone who's listening. So pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure, pleasure and a privilege. The no. reason James is really here is because I, he, I said to James a few months ago, maybe a year ago, I said, we'll get you on the pod one day, James. I yeah. think I was a little bit uh, tipsy. And then I was like, and then James is like, when are you get me in the pod? I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> James likes Master System. James is a good friend of mine. Let's get him in the, the Master System crazy pod. Well, this is the thing because you know James is another one of the crew who we've known since we were kids, right? So yeah. you know this is this is not just some rando off the street. I mean, some rando. Yeah, I've asked half the people on my street if they want to be on a podcast. Do you want to, do you want to be on the podcast? But no, James Hi, is legit. He's part of the gang. So before we get onto this, I should say the reason I'm hosting is because I didn't actually take part in this poll. I never played Master System except, mm. I guess, fleetingly. I mean, to be honest, I probably could have put together a list based on the NES games I played and the Game Gear games I played. But I thought uh, I'd be the kind of objective countdown person. Uh, but so, but before we start, uh, let's hear about your kind of experiences with the Master System, James. Oh my goodness me! Fond memories are plenty. I mean, my I, I got a master system actually as a Christmas present, um, and genuinely, I thought that I'd I'd just been shown some kind of you know large nugget of gold. Um, I opened it and I remember absolutely going crazy. Um, and it was it was such a great um, sort of like Christmas morning. Couldn't wait to get it plugged in. Couldn't wait to start playing. And from then on, it was just a case of um, you know I started off with some of the games that I had with it, and, and it just went from there. And I just kept following the games that came out you know i was actually reading things about it i was looking at reviews and i, you know, I was only you know i was only sort of like we're, we're, we're talking sort of seven eight years old here um you know but i it was the, it was the first time really that um you know i i got into something and i was really i was really hooked and i was like this isn't just kind of sit down and play this is like i really enjoy doing this um and you know there's so many different games there's so many different sort of like um scenarios and titles things like that. i loved it all you know and and actually it, <clears throat> the, the, the master system was was a proper console in my eyes. I had a, four, a CPC 464 before that, um, you know, which was, it was almost like night and day, um, you know, sort of Dan Dare and, and, and the old school Terminator 2 and all that sort of stuff on the, on the 464. But, um, 
yeah, very fond memories. And I had it for quite a while and I had quite a few games for it. And um, for me, for me, it was a real struggle putting together 10 favourites. I'll tell you, I sat there and I must have changed the list numerous amount of times. Um, and then looking back over some of the videos, the long playthroughs you can have a look at, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then remembering going through all that, um, you know, it was just like it, the nostalgia was incredible. So really fond memories. And, um, you know, I, I did play a lot of games on it and I did spend a lot of time on it. Um, but, yeah, I, I've got nothing but uh, good things to say about that what little Christmas, console. Yeah. What, what Christmas was that, mate, that you got it? Oh, I think now you're pressing me. Now was it like, older. Because I keep on. I mean, I've regaled everyone with the with the tales <laughs> of how I got it. How I got it in Christmas in Christmas 1990. I'm just wondering if it was the same Christmas. We were both like off mm. off our proverbial on the uh, on the old master system at the same time. No, do you know what? Do you know what? I be- I think it was 91. I got mine. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have in, in in hindsight. I think it might have. I thought it might be the same year, but in hindsight, I think it was actually ninety one. Was Sonic um, already out? I, yes, I believe okay, it was. Then, yeah, it might be. Um, as along with actually, along with probably four or five of the titles that I've got in my top ten. Um, so you know that it was a case of almost you know playing those once they'd been out for a while. Um, you know, and and then obviously going into the middle of it and then getting all the you know some of the new releases. Yeah. So, you know, much like you, I suppose, in, in, in 1990. But, I mean, I got it, you know, the year later. But, yeah, wowzers. Mm. Yeah. There you well, go. I'm I mean, not... I don't need to tell everyone again. Well, uh, for the fifth time. Go on, Dylan, tell the uh, Ghostbusters fifth... story. <laughs> I, have, I haven't <laughs> heard this story. So, so please, please open the Pandora's box. Fifth? Oh, mate. <laughs> so, basically, it was, it was a, a, a bit of a shock to me when I got it. Because, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And, um there there were Sega adverts all over the telly, yeah. you know, le- leading up to Christmas 1990. And my dad took me to Woolworths and said, you know, obviously, which one you, which one do you want? And the Mega Drive was right next to it, but no one really knew what the Mega Drive was over here in 1990. So I kind of said, nah, I don't want, I don't know what the hell that is, <laughs> but, um, I've seen, this, new. I've seen this Master System thing on the telly and it comes with a gun and it comes with like two controllers. And I didn't know it came in with the built-in games. That's another funny story. Um, but I was like, ooh, and there's Ghostbusters on the side there. Can I have that as well, Dad? I need a game. I need a game. <laughs> and that was it. So I literally just played Ghostbusters for about two, three months before I realized that, that Hang On and Safari Hunt were on the console. It was pretty hilarious in hindsight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but it was good. You know, we think you haven't got any games. Oh. And I had that and that. And you had the old snail maze as well. I worked out how to work out snail maze because I had the old the old power base master system. I didn't have a lot of games for it. I, I saw I collected for it a lot later on. I collected for it and I saw the early two thousands. So I had about I had about seven, eight games for it um when I went when I had it as a kid. But then in two thousand I was like, Oh man, they're all going for cheap. I wanna pick this one up, I'll pick this one up, da, 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 da. so it's a good job I did that, otherwise I don't think I'd be able to come up with ten. But I've come up with ten. So you're sweet done. Yes. H? Yeah, I well, if you listen back to the Masters episode, we uh, we, we sort of homaged. I, I spoke Your about my babysitter, wasn't it? Cat sitting, cat sitting, cat sitting. Yeah, yeah, cat sitting. And I, I managed to sneak a play. Yeah, um, <laughs> I managed to play Sonic on the Master System when it first. It must have been, I think it's just released. I don't know what year that came out. Um, 
astonishing game. So I think after that, I was like, Mum, I want a Mars system. And we actually got the Mars system quite close to when we got the Amiga. So the Mars system was always in the sort of living room, and the Amiga was kind of upstairs in my room, and we sort of shared it all. So the Mars system was a nice sort of family console. Obviously, I shared the Amiga with my brothers as well, but it was almost like, yeah, the Masters was during the day, Amiga during the night, baby. Um, the darker gaming my... at night time. Exactly. Yeah. Alien breed at night. Um, but I do love the Masters. I think it's brilliant. And um, yeah, picking t- uh, 10 top games is quite difficult, if I'm being honest. But we did it. We all we deserve a pat on the back. That's right. Uh, th- th- if, uh, if anyone is wondering, the actual voters in this were the three of you and also Keith and also Retrofaith. So feel free to. I'll tell you which uh, choices theirs were. If, didn't Chris? When didn't it comes Chris to McCauley it. do his as well? Or not? No, he said that he didn't really play the console. No, and, uh, Chris. Yeah. Oh, he let us down, mate. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, before we start, here are some of the uh, games that got votes that didn't make it. Ooh. Rainbow Islands. Ah. Submarine Attack. Oh. oh. Asterix. Oh, controversial. Oh, Afterburner. Oh. No. Mm. <laughs> all the all the Dylan's choices. Mm. Chase HQ. <laughs> Chase HQ oh, didn't get on there. Oh. That was oh. And I'm ashamed to say Ghostbusters. No. How could you do that? <laughs> the two months that he put in wasted. Oh mate. Oh, that game is not good. But seriously, <laughs> and it's all you had. <laughs> it's all I had, mate. It's all I had. I loved it. Loved it. Fun time. Right, yeah. So, you guys ready to kick off the main list? Oh, but can we talk oh. about your crazy algorithm, Rob? Did you go for, with my algorithm or Tim's algorithm or Dylan's algorithm? Or Rob or a Rob algorithm? I don't know what uh, any of your algorithms were. <laughs> but uh, basically, I kind of multiplied the... Uh, I kind of gave a 10 to 1 thing for each uh, game and then multiplied it by the number of votes it got. So the ones got most votes are up the top. It's not one of those things where one person picks something at number one, so it gets much higher than something gets multiple votes. Mm. Okay, right. sounds like a clever algorithm. I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we basically just go on whatever, don't we? Like, whatever works for us. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. give us a list. Just give us a list of 25, and then we're happy. <laughs> okay, number 25. Starting one of yours, Dill. No. Wimbledon. Ah, oh, Wimbledon tennis. <laughs> Did no one else vote for this? Oh, you no, guys suck. Do you know, oh. I, I looked at all these Ooh. games in prep for actually presenting this because I was familiar with some of them, obviously, not as familiar with others. And i got to say, this game looked very fast. And I don't know if it's as playable as NES Tennis. So the thing is, when, when you're a kid, you have extremely quick reflexes compared to 20, 30, whatever, however many years it's been later. Tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> I used to... The, I didn't actually own Wimbledon as a kid. It was one of these games that I borrowed from Blockbuster. So it was part of this magical Blockbuster weekend thing I'd, I'd do with my dad. So, you know, I'd have a, like a week at school. Didn't get to sit homework back in those days. What the hell was homework? And, Best uh, Friday night. Friday night, man. And we'd just like go down to Blockbuster. We'd go down to Blockbuster. Not, not, not the Friday night. We'd go the, the Saturday morning. So I got the whole of Saturday and the whole of Sunday with it. And I must have rented Wimbledon about three on three different occasions because I loved it so much. And it was just, it was quite, you know, it was quite realistic for, for an eight bit tennis game. It is fast. It's, it's all, I mean, you, it takes a while to get, to get up to speed with it now, 
but it's great. It's got all of the competitions. So you've got like the whole Grand Slam year and you just play it up and like you can actually build up your character and like you actually attribute, um, like points, like skill points to their, to like their power and technique and everything. It was, it was really advanced for, for, for an eight bit game. And I love it, but it's not, I suppose it wasn't that popular as Master System games go, but oh, I love it, man. Love it. Wicked. Either of you guys play it? I think I think I did the whole rental once thing, and I do remember playing it. And I tell you what, Dill, you are absolutely bang on about the old reflexes. Because <laughs> you come back to some of these games now, and you're like, "What just happened?" It just sucked like, so fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just got absolutely battered, and I don't even realise what I, you know, I didn't even thought I had a serve. But um, yeah, it, it's true, it's true, and it was tricky. But I think I only rented it the once because I probably was so horrifically bad at it. So yeah. But it also had, yeah, it also had like two player mode in it and it had two player doubles mode in it as well. So you could have like, you could play doubles against someone else or as a double against another thing. I mean, it was like, it kind of took, like the 8 bit didn't really do that a lot. So I think that's why it was, it's good for, for a modern <clears> system game. But yeah, I think in the, in the mags it only got about 80%, maybe 70, 80%. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, number 24, Donald Duck in the Lucky Dying Caper, 1991. Uh, this is a Keith choice. Hmm. Is that, is that, so it's not Quackshot. Quackshot's the, Quackshot's the, Mega, the Mega Drive game, right? Mega Drive, yeah. But, um... uh, this is a platformer. Basically, you're, uh, you have to play as Donald Duck, and all um, Scrooge gives like a lucky dime to each of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they get kidnapped by uh, Magic at a Spell who was like a DuckTales villain. And then it's like a platform where you have to chase them. i got to say, it looked pretty hard when I looked it up on YouTube. Yeah, I never liked it. It looks really nice. It looks really nice for a Master System game. But I never liked it. I don't know. There was actually a sequel that came out the following uh, couple of years later called Donald Duck in Deep Duck Trouble, which, uh, I mean, the graphics in that look really, really good for a Master System game. That's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Can you say that five times in a row, Rob? Donald Duck in Deep Duck Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I probably could, but uh, would you, wouldn't you rather we move on to number 23? Because number yeah. 23 is one of your picks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, here we go. I'm, number I'm 23 is another platformer with a cute character. It is James Pond 2, codename Robocard. Yeah, it's a great game. Um, I mean, I, truthfully, I kind of I had that on the Masters and I had on the Amiga. I played it on both, to be fair. And uh, they're both brilliant. They're both good. You know, the Amiga port's probably better, truthfully. But it's just so fun. I love the bit where you can be like, your, your body can elongate, and you can sort of jump out. I thought it was so colourful. Quite a tough little game, actually. But it, there was enough variety in that game to keep you on your toes. Um, better than the first game. I wasn't the biggest fan of James Pond, the first game. I'm not sure if that was in the Master System. Uh, but the sequel, oof, what a legendary game that was. I seem to remember correctly, he, he, no matter what was going on on screen, he always had a smile on his face. That's right. Yeah. I think that penguin bar sticking out. So a little bit of um, promotion there. Ooh. And of course, it's an Amiga game as well, which yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure didn't play any part in your choice. Well, no, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. <laughs> that's what I was saying, Rob. I played it on the Amiga probably more than the Master System Trophy, but it's just a good port of it. The, the Master System is a good port. It does uh, look like a good port. It looks colourful and bright. And it's not just your bog-standard platformer. You can use different abilities to get from A to B, which I think was quite unique at the time. So love a bit of, I, li- I like to see RoboCod make a comeback, personally. 
Yeah. It was uh, one of these games that I was quite surprised they managed to get it on the Master System. Mm. So there was, I mean, the Master System had a lot of conversions that kind of blew my mind. And you'd, I'd read about it in Sega Power or whatever. And go, oh my God, they've converted that. And like, oh, uh. and like James Pond 2 was one of them. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that Adrian liked it. You're not a fan though. You hate it. I've, I've played the Mega Drive version, isn't it? So yeah, yeah same. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, really so. go back after that. Uh, anyway, speaking of platform franchises, this is a game I cannot believe is higher, but I think as we go through, you'll understand why it isn't higher. Number 22, Sonic Chaos, mm. 1993. Mm. Yeah. I, I, that was in my list, wasn't it? I, it wasn't very high on my list. Mm, no, it wasn't. Uh, the only person who voted for it was Retro Faith. Yeah, oh, it's I must my have taken least, it out. Yeah, it's my least favourite. I find it a bit claustrophobic. I don't like the level design in it, really. And it's probably like the most technically good of the Sonic games on the Master System, because I suppose it was the latest, wasn't it? But um, no, nah, I actually, never got to grips with it. I actually quite like the level design in this. I think yeah. um, there's lots of kind of interesting elements in some of the levels, especially the Chaos Emerald levels. Didn't like you get a TV it? box that makes the rings grow huge, so they're worth 10 each, and you, mm. there's like a trampoline that acts as a bouncing platform, and there's like glass pipe mazes you have to guide your way through, like the ones in Chemical Zone and the Mega Drive, but you can kind of direct where you go. Isn't it one of these ones that was ported from the Game Gear? Wasn't it a Game Gear original and then ported to the Master System? I don't know if I they were done at the know. same. I don't know if they were done at the same time. Yeah, that's why it kind of fi- it kind of feels like that. If you get what I mean, you know, like Game Gear games are kind of more zoomed in and more. Mm. You know, you can't see as much of the screen. Like, the thing I liked about the Master System was that you could see a lot of what was going on when all the platformers and stuff that you play. And on Wimbledon, very important you have to see what the hell else was going on. I think if you if you tried to get Wimbledon on the Game Gear, it would not work. It would not work in a million years. But, <laughs> Couldn't see the other half of the court. But yeah, and yeah, it was like, oh, there's, oh, ball's gone. Oh, the ball. It. Oh, that's oh, it. Another point oh, no. who, who am I? Who am I even playing? Am I even playing anyone? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sonic, Sonic cares same. But yeah, I, I, people rave about it. But I think maybe they speak more about the Game Gear version. Looks good, doesn't it? The graphics. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying like. It is one of the more slick-looking games, I think, to be fair. But yeah, it wasn't quite up there for the other Sonics. For I me. don't know what James's. I don't know what James's experience of of Sonic Chaos was. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the, the earlier Sonics for me were just obviously, you know, set the bar so high. As it went on, for me personally, I, I hold that the earlier ones in such high regard that as it got later down the line, yes, it was technically better. Yes, it, you know, the graphics were fantastic. But for me, that didn't always mean a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the whole claustrophobia thing you talk about, you have, yeah, because if you look at some of the levels, I mean, just thinking back to some of the earlier levels on the original Sonic, you know, your green hills and you've got your, you know, your, your open skies and your palm trees, and then you, then you go to this chaos and you think, ah, yeah, it's on really here? kind of um, compacted in, isn't it? So. Yeah, and it, it, it just, yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you say that, but I mean, you know, my, my, my experience was, was the earlier games were just so, um, impressive and just so sort of, feature for and the soundtrack and the and, and the sound effects and everything you know when when you get further down you there's almost a, there's almost that temptation i suppose by developers to almost fine-tune too much and then you start yeah. eating a little bit into kind of the, the 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 sort of the human experience do you know what i mean yeah. um i mean you know i could talk all day about that sort of thing because there's loads of games which which do that oh, you know they look you. fantastic they sound fantastic they mm. they tick all the boxes yeah but actually do they do they tick that that little sort of personal kind of passion element of a, of a real gamer and yeah I, I think that's probably a classic example so yeah. 
There'll be people angry at us right now. They'll be like, that's actually a lot higher. There will this be. Is but... what, this, is, this is why we well, do it, just so people shout at us. Hashtag <laughs> Yeah, we like people shouting. We've got thick skin. Yeah. So. Well, Adrian, I don't think you're going to be shouting about this because I think you're going to like number 21, even though it's not one of your choices. Ooh. It is Rambo First Blood Part 2. And, you know, Keith sent this, and he, he stressed in the email, not Rambo 3, the light gun game, but First Blood Part 2. That's the kind of Commando S game, isn't it? Is it the yeah, top-down look? Of it, I think. And um... yeah, apparently they grafted the character onto a pre-existing Japanese game called Ashura, which star star like Buddhist monks. And it's actually that's why you kind of blow up these huts and these guys with like turbans come out. It's a bit weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Was was Commando on the Mars system as well? Am I talking? About? I that was a NES game, wasn't it? Mm, I, I played it on the Spectrum. So, or, or, there was a game called Dogs of War on the Amiga. I don't know if you really early Amiga games. A brilliant game. So I I, tr- I never really played that Rambo game too much. Um, I played the Mega Drive version. Yeah, we, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? Which is quite similar. I don't think it's the exact same game. But for me, when I think of those kind of top-down shooters, it's either Commando on the Spectrum or a great game called Dogs of War, which doesn't get enough um, people talking about it. But I can't really speak, and I'm not really a big Stallone fan, so I, I wasn't really tempted. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why this feel, feel this place with lies? <laughs> people know. People know I love Stallone. I'm just jesting. I'm jesting. He's a man. So moving on to number 20, it's Rastan. Anyone play this? Oh, yes. What a game. Go on, James. Never played it. Oh, oh think, um, it well, actually, the, the funny thing is that my, my experience from this was not actually from the Master System. It was from the it was from the four six four, and um, it, I mean, I remember it very being very sort of um, you know Conan esque. Um, I mean, it, it's not one of those ones that that sort of like jumps in, in into any of my sort of top lists or anything like that. Just purely because I don't I don't think it made a, a, a you know for me personally. So it didn't make a huge impression. I know it was a really sort of decent looking platform. You had this burly bloke with a massive sword running around hacking people to bits. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it was a good game, um, but it, it, it's, um, I'd struggle to put it in sort of any of my top list. But yeah, not, not on the Master System platform. So I don't know if any of you, are, you guys have, uh, have actually played the Master System, what it was like on there, whether the port was any good. Uh, do you know what? I played it in the arcade. At least I think I did, because I was looking at this up and thinking, I've definitely played this game. And I thought like arcade is probably the most likely one, but it is like a scrolling beat em up where you're a Conan type character. Uh, it's like kind of a platform scrolling beat em up, I guess. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think it was a retro. It was a faith pick. So, uh, anyone else play it? No, it looks pretty good though. The graphics are pretty impressive. Mm. Um, it looks a little bit like Zelda Two. You know that kind of view. Sort no, of, um, Zelda Two. <laughs> He's dropped it in. <laughs> yeah, the Z word. Even though I'm not talking about Nintendo, but yeah, it looks a bit I... like that. But. It's, it's 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 almost as if like you, you get these odd games that that sometimes just sort of pass pass you by, you know, um, and and maybe they shouldn't have done. Maybe if you get a second crack of the whip and have another go of it in hindsight, you probably think, wow, what a, what a great game. Um, that might be one of those that sort of ticks that box, perhaps. Well, we don't have an axe to grind with with retro faith. We'll allow it to stay in. We'll allow it, yeah. faith. We'll allow it. Do so you get it? Axe to grind. Axe to grind. But yeah, the, I think this also was pre golden axe came out. This version came out in 1988, like a year before Golden Axe came out in the arcade. Obviously, the arcade version was earlier. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Number 19, Winter Olympics 1994. Oh, yeah. 
That, I put that as my number four. I'm guessing. Is that, it as much fun as the real Winter Olympics? Uh, more fun than actual Winter Olympics, or at least watching it. Uh, I don't. As, as, <laughs> have any of you guys played Lillehammer? Lillehammer. Yes, I think I did actually. Now, uh, maybe on the Mega Drive. Actually, I mm. think there was a version on the Mega Drive. Was there not? Um, they're not too dissimilar so that's, yeah. why, that's why I kind of rated you know like I said I've, I've had it as, as my number four on my list and when I got it I had to have a bit of a second take I was like is this an 8-bit game I actually like I actually like thought because I, um, I had an Amiga at the time I think I picked this up just because it was on the cheap or it looked nice in the shop I was like oh I've got a bit of money oh, bye. and uh, it just has like so it has so much content like it's got all of it's got I think almost all of the events that the Mega Drive one does, I think it misses out a couple. Uh, it looks, the graphics, I don't know how, like the sprites and everything are as big as the 16 bit. Obviously, they're nowhere near as good, um, you know, in terms of animation, but it just looks, it looks phenomenal. I don't know what tricks they've used in the Master System to do the luge and to the, do the bobsleigh and do all the skiing stuff. I love it. I love it. I, I think if anyone needs to pick it up, it looks like one of these bargain bin kind of jobs, but I think it's a good one to add to the, to the Master System collection. Well, it is the latest game released in this list. I think it came out oh, uh, either 1994 or 95, depending on which Wikipedia source you look at. <laughs> I think it was 94 because I got Amiga 93, I think Christmas 93 or birthday 94. So it's around then. <laughs> I'm very tired right now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it was around that time. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, it's good. I think it's a good solid 8-bit purchase. It would have been released at a time when no one was really buying anything for the Master System, which is why mm. it was probably cheap. Yeah, I remember in the sort of mid-90s, they were almost giving them away like Woolworths. It was like bargain bins, wasn't it? Masters and games. God, like... Could you just go back now and just like dive into those bins and like swim oh, in them? Oh, mate, I love the whole bin. I, I love, love the whole this bin. one. I love Take this one. Take it off your hands for a tenner. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I have to be honest still, like if I could go back in time to the mid-90s, that would be about number 1,000 of my to-do list. <laughs> hey, yeah. at least it's on your list, mate. Oh, it's on there. Although... Bad. By the bad time I times. got down to that number, it would be 2020 again. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad, bad times around that time. I also bought Andre Agassi Tennis for the Ooh. Master System, which is one of the worst games. Not even one of the worst tennis games you'll play. It's one of the worst things ever released on a console ever. <laughs> I think it was done oh, by Jaguar. I think it was oh easy. <laughs> um, I think it was done by Tech Magic. I don't even remember the stuff they used to do. Just they used to do tripe. Just anything apart, apart from I think they did New Zealand story. That's good. But then yeah. everything else they did was like, oh my god, what is this now? The right. funny thing is, with 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 um with sports games, it was always a massive gamble because I I mean, looking back at some of the like reviews now, there was some absolute right old toot, wasn't there? That came out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you, you look back and, and, and some of the, they tried to replicate some of the sports and the events and things like that. And it's funny you say about like Lillehammer and the Winter Olympics and stuff being so good because let's be honest, that was probably a, a bit of a diamond in the rough, wasn't it? It was. You know, I mean, it was. It, it, to find something like that and to sit there and go, hold on a minute, this is a real event with real sports. Yeah. Um, a lot of games failed miserably at that, if I remember correctly. And I mean, I had, I had a few golf games. I think I had leaderboard. Um, I had a few other bits, and you know, most of for the most part, they 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 were they were pretty woeful. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of really good ones. Um, so I mean, a real a real sort of um, a real find, I suppose, if you can get a good sports game. 
especially back then, because it was so hard to replicate it. But there we go. Because I remember people saying that Olympic gold wasn't any good on the Master System. But now, I think the other day, I think people were like saying it was quite good. I'm like, I don't remember Olympic gold being good on the being good on the Master System at all. Like, I don't know. Different people have different Those tinted things. specs. This is yeah. I think it is a bit of that. But then again, it's just people have different opinions, don't they? So of course, yeah. Speaking Would of uh, contro- speaking of different opinions, I think number eighteen is going to be possibly the most controversial uh, game in the list. Ah. What's that? Number 18 is Snail Maze. <laughs> no! Someone actually put that on their list. <laughs> no, not it, only did, did they put it, it on their list, it was Retrofaith's number four. Wow. wow. Faith. I mean, that was, you know, I've got to say, I do love a maze, but come Could, on. But Dylan, not many people know, but it's like a secret game, isn't it? Can you exp- can you buy it normally? Do you want to explain what it's all about? You know it better than anyone. It's in the... Yeah, it's please in the, do. It's in, the master, it's, in, it's in the Master System power base, the first... Ver- I think it's in. It's not in the version that's completely clear of built-in games. As soon as they started building games into the the first power base, I think Snail Maze was in there as well. So it was in my one, and I found it like it is. They do explain to you in the instruction manual. Again, you don't really do a lot of that as 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 an eight-year-old, like go go hunting around in there. But they actually say you have to press. Oh god, it's going back. You have to on when you're booting up the master system, you have to hold down something on your joypad. So you have to hold down like some of the buttons and maybe down or up or something. And then it just goes straight into it. And it literally is just like this crazy music. You see this really bright, garish blue maze and this tiny little <laughs> snail, this tiny little snail sprite. And you have to like wiggle him around it. And it, I didn't really get far and it was quite tough actually. But, uh, so, yeah. so you wouldn't say it was too amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It says here you've got to have no game inserted. You hold up, you're holding up. And buttons one and two um, simultaneously. That's it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And the game was never released on a on a cartridge. No, I mean you would have felt cheated if you had to pay money for that. You would feel cheated. But I'm <laughs> guessing, as Faith's not here to defend it, uh, I'm guessing it was maybe just like a a nice little bonus something as a kid. And you're like scratching around for some games, and you're like, oh look, there's something else on there. Maybe she's built in like, nostalgia. Maybe it probably felt got, like a free yeah, game. Didn't it? Maybe she's got maybe she's got good memories from that. But yeah, we, James, we, I love the we way learned you... our lesson, didn't we? Do you remember after having a bit of a go at Road Rash Free, and then we kind of learned our lessons after saying oh, bad yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, yeah. I love the way you pronounce nostalgia there as if it was an actual illness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, no, 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 no. We're not going to go that far. But you know, when you're thinking back and you you sort of think about the Dylan, obviously has mixed feelings about the uh, <laughs> about the game. But, you know, some the other guys have um, have put it on their list. And, and what was that number four they had it at? Uh, yeah, she uh, put it at number four, and it is officially oh. now going forward. It will ever forever be known as the 18th best game on the Master System. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we have a stamp of approval around this neck of the woods. Oh my this, god! This list means this list is the don. Yeah. Do you want to hear what number 17 was? Yeah, go, go for it. Number 17 is Rampage, uh, yes. arcade adaptation of the game, arcade game where. You're like a Godzilla or some other, or King Kong or some other big monsters, and you have to climb on buildings and smash them. I'll tell you did that Keith put this in his, his top ten, didn't he? Yes. Ah, How did you know that? Because I borrowed it off him at school. It <laughs> 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 was like, I like, oh, did. You got to play this Rampage. I can't remember what I'm. I only had three games at the time to give back to him, but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, and I, I remember taking it home and going, this is brilliant. Like you can have like two player. Yeah. You can like smash everything. You can like smash all the buildings. Like this is intense for an eight. 
for an eight-bit game. But again, it was a, it was a conversion, wasn't it? But it was yeah, a great yeah. put it in the list above Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Begrudgingly, he's clinging on. He's clinging on to his Ghostbusters. Begrudgingly, yeah. Rampage is a strange game, isn't it? It looks great. I, I played it on the Amiga, but um, I just wish they made a movie out of it. I just think I it could know, be so good. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Get get like a big. Hollywood star in there, maybe an express wrestler. Would you I reckon? Don't know, it sounds like a bit of a rocky idea to me. <laughs> nah, that would never, never make any money. Has anyone seen it? Actually, I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix yes. now. Yes. Is it watchable? Is it anything to do with a video game? You know what? You know what? It's one of those things. You you immediately you look at it and you think this is going to be an absolute load of old toot. Yeah, and then honestly, I kid you not, it isn't. It isn't bad. Mm. It isn't bad. If you want to sit down and just watch monsters beating the living what's it out of each other um, and buildings getting smashed up and switch your brain off for a, sort of an hour and a but, half. But James, um, you watch Godzilla or, um, Pacific Rim. I've heard, though, James, that a bit like The Witcher, if you don't know The Witcher games, you're not going to understand the TV show. So if you don't know Rampage, the video game, there's no yeah, point watching yeah, it. It's just exa- too deep. It's exactly like that, man. You, you've got to learn. <laughs> you've got to learn all the rampage lore, haven't you? You know, you've got to know. So, about... so what you've got to do is get yourself down to Woolworths, go to that bargain bin, yeah, go and go and get the <laughs> go game. and get rampage. Yeah? Get rampage, get it on, spend a couple of evenings getting that one on the go, and then you can watch. Then you're allowed to watch the film. <laughs> then you qualify for film film privilege. See the jokes in us, though, Dylan, because we might actually have to review that that film one day. <laughs> I'm thinking if enough people, if if anyone tweets us about it, we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I already have reviewed it. <laughs> oh yeah, so this is the thing. I've so saved if, you the bother. If if anyone if anyone listening loves a bit of movies, uh, check out the old ra- uh, the random review on random. Facebook, oh. and that is uh, James and James uh, plug. Steve. St- Steve helps you with it as well, doesn't he? He Let's does. Yes, it. he does. Yeah, a yeah. bit of a uh, bit of bit of news. Few little uh, memes, so few reviews, and all very casual, all very cash, very cash, um, very welcome, all ages, all uh, all film persuasions, and uh, yes, yeah, I will luck. add, yeah, I will add the link to the show notes if you want to get involved oh. with that. So appreciate it, Alfred. Yeah, very cool. Wuckers. No wackers, mate. Anyway, rampage <laughs> the movie. That's our next podcast, is it? <laughs> oh no, Boom, uh, no, yes. we're taking a break from terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're not watching it. I can't. I, I can't. It's yeah, we a need. While before I can review exactly. another one of those. Uh, anyway, number sixteen was going to be uh, a game called Psycho the Fox, <gasps> but it turns out there isn't such game because. So I'm afraid, Adrian, I'm gonna have to take. It's not Psycho the, the Fox, is it? Adrian? Psycho Fox. Exactly. I'm sorry, Adrian, but I can't accept it. Oh, uh, I'm only joking. Fox. Psycho. I put Psycho Fox on the list. Number did I, did I, I, I knew what so, you meant. Yeah, I actually put Psycho the Fox today. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I just think I remember getting my master system back from my parents um, four or five years ago, and like here's all the consoles. Bob's your uncle, and it was all the master system games. And um, I was like, mm, have I even played this game? And it looked pretty cool. I was like, mm, I've heard good things about this, and it was one of the first games I played. And I was like, this is this actually holds up. Uh, many many years later, it really is a classy platforming game. It looks quite simple. It doesn't look anything special, but it's surprisingly uh the, the, well, the playability is off the charts it's, it's got a great sort of gameplay the look is amazing um you almost have to play it to believe it it's it's uh, for me it's up there with with the one of the best platformers on the console personally i don't know if you guys have played it but i was surprised mm. how 
involved I got in the game. I thought this little game I put in for five minutes, have a quick go, try another Masters and game out. But I've, I actually spent a good maybe two hours on it, and I thought this is brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, yeah love it. it is good. It is really good, and it is one of those. I think probably dark horses is the probably term I'd use to describe it because it's not one of those ones. I don't think it got any massively heavy advertising. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know, it, it, I don't think it was one of those ones that you sort of stack up and, and it would jump out the page at you. But I think once you played it, as you say, it was one of those ones you got hooked on, wasn't it? Nice um, and it kept wanting you. To, you know, you kept wanting to go back to it because it was. It looked good, um, but but I think you know even more importantly than that, it was really playable. Yeah, so, yeah, I great, great choice, it. H. Yeah, I never played it, so I trust you guys. <laughs> yeah, good platform. It's good. Very it good. looks the colours are very simple. It's kind of almost like a Nintendo game. It's, I think, really, it's it's so bright. I think when you think of real bright colours, you think of NES games more than Mars System. But it, that's maybe why it stands out a little bit on the on on the particular console. But really worth really worth giving it a go. Um, yeah, the real dark fox of the pack. There you go. Well, uh, Dill <laughs> may not have played that, but I know for a fact he's played number 15 because Ooh. it's another Dill choice, another sports game choice. Ooh. It's World Soccer. World Soccer. Now- World Soccer. <laughs> I mean, before you start talking about this, I do, I, obviously you were never going to pick World Cup Italia 90, but I, I'm curious, like, why World Soccer, which came out in 1987, ahead of say, World Cup USA 94, or even Sensi, which was released on the Master System. Yeah, Dylan. Explain yourself. I've played all of those, and World Soccer didn't get good reviews. (laughs) It has a really... I don't know if if James and Adrian have played it. Not World Soccer, no. I haven't. I've played played, uh, played a couple of the others, but not that one. So, pray tell. So, World Soccer is a very Japanese interpretation of soccer. So, football, football... Thank had, you. You've only got eight. <laughs> you've only got eight teams, eight national teams. One of which is Britain. So they haven't. They don't have England, <laughs> Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. No, they have Britain as a whole team. Ooh. So as mm. one. Remember that. There's a big hoo ha. If we actually make our, a Britain, a British football team, you could have Ryan be allowed, Would we ever be allowed to go back though? Would we ever be allowed to go back? Have Kieran Tierney on the left. You know, Kieran Tierney, Ryan Giggs. Uh, no, Adrian, not Kieran Tierney on the left. Don't you mean the champion, the championship winning left back? Andrew and, uh, Robertson. This is not, yeah, this is not the time for football chat, people. Even though I'm talking about football. We're going, we're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we'll Don't, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, so world soccer got bad reviews because it basically, the, the players don't move very fast and you can only pass to whatever player has a little arrow over their head. So you're controlling a player. It has like an arrow with an outline around it. It then highlights randomly when you're looking around, um, players that you can pass to. So you press one to, one to pass and the other one to shoot. And then when you get near the goal, the goalie like runs up and down the goal. It's kind of like side on view. And, uh, and you have to kind of like, there's this little arrow for where you shoot the ball. So you kind of have to move it away from the goalie and then click shoot at the same time and you score a goal. So. I found that way easier than the others. I rented like Italian 90. Still haven't scored a goal on Italian 90, by the way. It's that difficult. Uh, Sensi was a bit of a write off on the master system. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's good for that. And I think I played it a lot because it was one of only a couple of games I had. And you can, I like, I made my own little tournaments. I got like, little bits of paper and I was like, Oh, I'll be Japan this time. And I'm like, Oh yeah, USA. And I'll, you know, made a little fixture, fixture schedule. Yeah. Britain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but when it came, where it came into its own, and this is what most people would say about it is, is the penalties mode. 
it has an actual sort of life-like-ish for 8-bit looking penalty mode. So you've got, mm. you've got like, if you imagine the, um, the eight, the eight-way D-pad on the master system, you choose whatever direction, uh, to kick the ball and, um, one of the buttons to, to kick it a bit harder. So you can, so you've got like two kind of like, there's about, 16 places you can put the ball mm. so all of this kind of stuff in together and then you can like move the goalie around it was really you know, it was really quite sophisticated so Dylan, got, sorry to interrupt but fun, that sounds like a, a game memories. gear game that you could play like i think it's three and one there's like a racing game and there's a penalty shooter game it sounds just like that i don't know if that was an offshoot maybe they um, maybe they stole that from world soccer but yeah, i've got a feeling it was world soccer penalty or something but it was really if it's the same game i might be talking rubbish but i'm glad it's yeah. on there I, I put it as my number three because i loved it that much but it's like, yeah. Can it's I, do you, want, do you want to hear my really gullible, do you want to hear a story that makes you think, how could Adrian be so gullible? Go on then. Um, I must have been about, I don't know, nine, eight or nine before I met you guys. And uh, there was a game on the Amiga called John Barnes European Football. Ooh. Have you guys heard about it? No, no. I haven't actually. And, uh, it's, it's not got his own game. It did, and it's not a bad-looking game. It's almost like an ISS, um, you know, the original ISS games, kind of that sort of view, the kind of side view. Yeah. Um, it looked pretty good, actually. And I, and I wasn't really a football fan back then. I got into football a few years later, so I wasn't really supporting a, t- a club. But me and my mate Adam, we used to play it together. And do you know what? He was a Palace fan. We, he used to make little digs at his players. And, go, and, and, and uh, Rob's going to be angry at this, but I remember Adam going, oh, John Barnes, why has he got his own game? Look how slow he is. And he was <laughs> proper taking the mick out of it. And then Adam was like, yeah, he's so slow. He's got a Zimmer frame on the pitch. And I was like, what? Are you, sh- are you really? Where is this Zimmer frame? I actually believed him. <laughs> you were looking around for a Zimmer frame. <laughs> I thought, do some footballers play with a Zimmer frame? <laughs> And I was like, I just remember Adam looking at me going, no, that was a joke, Adrian, mate. Are you that dumb? I was like, yeah. (laughs) So John Barnes had the last laugh, didn't he? At me, really, to be fair. That was a good Adrian gullible story. I enjoyed that one. That was a good one. Uh, Before we move on to uh, number 14, I just wanted to ask quickly, Dil, for those who are unaware of it, why was Sensi a write-off on the Master System? It's just the physics and everything. I mean, the thing about Sensi is the graphics aren't amazing on it, whatever platform. So you're thinking, oh, well, you know, you could just mash that onto the Master System. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like the, the like the control of the players, the, um, the physics of the ball. It doesn't feel the same. I think if you did not played the Amiga version or even the Mega Drive version and then just played the Master System version, it would be very competitive on the, on the, on the MS as a football game but because i've had so much experience with sensi and i've even got it on the jaguar mm. you know i mean the jaguar version is really good actually so there you go adrian There's something it is it's, it's no people are proven um people less gullible than me that it's actually one of the best ports and not the best the, game yeah it's the, the, the they, did they yeah. port it they put it with the Zimmer frame, though. That's what we all want. <laughs> John Barnes has a Zimmer frame in it. Yeah, I hear. Do you know what? Oh, Johnny Barnes. Um, and I, I don't want to jinx it, but hopefully soon we might have John Hare on a future podcast. There you go. I hope he's not listening to this right now. Oh, a Sensible Soccer is amazing on the Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, John. Yeah, we love them. We love Sensible Soccer. We, we go back to our previous episode many, many moons ago. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. well, Italian 90 on the Master System is about 10 times worse than the Mega Drive one. If you can imagine that, if you can imagine that, it's ten times worse. That's all I have to say. Unplayable. It, it, silence hits the room. Yeah. 
Oh no, Rob's no Rob is actually muted. Oh, we can't hear Rob. Oh. Oh, so at number what number is next then? Should number we have a guess? Something Rob said. <laughs> I'm back. Yes. Sorry, uh, He's back. I leaned on my button. Uh yeah, moving on to number fourteen. It's a game we've covered. I'm not gonna sing the song again. But uh it's Golden Axe. <laughs> and James, I know you're a big fan of this. Tell us what's so good about Golden Axe on the Master System. Oh, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on something that Adrian said a little while ago. Zimmer frames, <laughs> not Zimmer frames and John Barnes. No, we'll we'll cover that another time. But but one of the things you said, and this is absolutely spot on, and this 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 applies to a couple of other games on the list as well, is the Mars system had a sort of almost like a slightly in some games like a sinister feel and a sinister kind of look to them, yeah, with the lighting and things like that. And you're saying about Nintendo games being bright and more colourful, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Golden Axe is one of those ones that genuinely feels quite sort of immersive and quite sinister and quite sort of um you know you start off and you're sort of in the middle of this dark woods and you know you've got these kind of like shadowy guys coming up to you with giant maces and all this sort of thing and you and, and it's like it's you, you literally jump straight in and the first level bang you're off that's it you've got to fight the bad guys there's no there's no flannel there's no messing around mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> and obviously as it goes on um you know they they really do i think improve the sort of levels of the enemies and stuff like that they get bigger they get faster they have different weapons you know they they can jump they can run at you i mean you get you, you know you, you face the skeleton soldiers for the first time i mean for crying out loud you know uh, you know th- i took me ages to get past that bit um but i mean the other thing that i really liked as well is the magic um kind of aspect of it yeah it wasn't just a guy running along basically hacking and slashing yeah mm. it was it was the fact you could actually save up the little magic from the little elves with their sacks on and things like that and you know you, you actually had a, a sort of a, a a kind of a almost like a little tangent to kind of focus on as well almost like a little bonus so then when you got to the bosses and you started fighting them you had that sort of ace ace in your back pocket mm. um you know and and who didn't let's be honest who didn't enjoy blasting a boss with the dragon out of the sky yeah with the fire come on well, if there's yeah. anyone out there who didn't enjoy that, we don't want to know him because you're no. right, James. You know? <laughs> I mean, that, that was fantastic. But I mean, the game was just was just really good. I mean, and and it and it just you know the complexity of the the the, the sort of you know the bad guys, the the light in the mood, the sound effects were really good. And I, you know, to to sort of summarise it, yeah, it was quite sinister. It was quite immersive. It was quite especially when you got to sort of like Death Adder's lair and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it just really sort of hooked you in. And I'll tell you another thing as well. It, it allowed it allowed you to sort of play it again and again. You didn't just play through and think, oh, well, that's it. You know, you could go next time and go, okay, I'm going to jump on this animal here or I'm jump on one of the dragons or I'm going to, you know, defeat the guy this way or whatever. And and it and it's it was one that I played through uh, many times. Um, yeah, and I hold that pretty high on, on, on my list, actually. Cracking, cracking game. Yeah, we are. We are big fans. Yeah, what yeah. did we uh, yeah. say about the adaptation, the Master System version in the review? In the Golden Axe episode, sorry. If it was if it was relating to the review that I did of it, <laughs> I'd say I'd say a lot of what James has said. Um, mm. I think it was the actual main axe battler sprite is really impressive. Like I think the his the way he swooshes a sword and the way he moves around it, like all the animation is really good. I think a lot of the enemies are quite lazy in their animation frames, but if you look at it, like the the limitations of the console, you can only push it. You know, you can only push it so far, can't you? Uh, I think later on, a lot of the levels look Lego-y. I think they've scrimped on a lot of the design. I don't know if James remembers it. When you go to the, the levels where you've got the dragons and everything, 
Um, to be fair, you yeah, you've got like the I know what you're talking about. You've got the ones where where you start on like a um, like an eagle's back, I think it is, or something. Yeah. Um, and as you jump down, I know what you mean. It's it's sort of like there's a walkway and it looks very blocky. Yeah, they've either maybe been a bit lazy or that is just a space constraint and they've mm. had to just make it like basic texture so in in spaces uh, yeah. in spaces it looks really polished so it does all like the um the death adder kind of um story bits in between the levels and everything mm. it does all that really well but then yeah it it kind of it's a shame it's just i, I think i I, mean, I I will agree i will agree with that actually there sort of, but i mean the, the later levels don't look as good because the earlier levels like in the forest mm. and also in the, and in, especially in the village where you've got the houses set against yeah. the backdrop do you know so what that, I mean? It definitely really tails impressive. off. It definitely like it definitely tails off the more you get into the game, which is maybe it should be the other the, way around. Maybe it should be like the basic think. stuff should be at the foot, you know, the front, and then it gets looks yeah. better as you go along. But maybe it's like a metaphor of your axe. So it starts off all golden and shiny, and it gets rusty over time. Maybe it sort of represents life. And is even maybe. a sword. It doesn't even turn out to be an axe. It turns out to be a sword. <laughs> the, the maybe you need to find the makers and ask them that question. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though. I tell you what. I, what I think, and this is what I'm going with, because I can't have anybody um, waving a sword at my golden axe. Yeah, <laughs> is I, I, I do think it might have been something to do with the complexity of the enemies. Because once you get further on, you obviously get the giants with the great big hammers. Yeah, big and then you sprites. get the yeah, um, big sprites, yeah, and you get and you, yeah, and you get the different types of dragon. Plus, you also that you can ride. Plus, you also get you know the the big um, the sword wielding knights in the silver armor. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got. I think at one point there's two of those plus two two skeleton warriors and stuff like that, and it starts to build up. So I mean, I'm going with the fact of space constraint. Space constraint. All right, we'll just put it down. Not lazy. Space constraint. The axe metaphor, but carry on, Rob. Carry on. On to number thirteen. <laughs> it's another arcade game adaptation. It is Rampart. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dylan's face. Dylan, I never got on with it. I could never work Dylan. out what the hell was going on. But yeah. yeah, I find your jokes quite funny, don't I? You know that. Rampart and Rampage. This is what we like. We like, <laughs> yeah. we, like getting them, we like getting them mixed up, don't we? Well, uh, when 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 I was preparing for the Rampage pod, uh, Dylan was like, <laughs> "You were like behind the curtain." This is talking behind the podcast. Our listeners are on. Oh, they're going to talk about what they talk about after the podcast, yeah. before the podcast. Wow! And Dylan was like, "You do your intro, but let me start by saying we're going to talk about not Rampage, Rampart." And, like, <laughs> and, and I said, to "Dylan, what? You're going to talk about Rampart? But I love Rampart." And then I said to Dylan, "What exactly are you going to say?" And then I kept bugging you, and you're like, "Yeah, you're kind of going to ruin the joke now. You know, you, it's getting." <laughs> I was just going to kept... read out. I can't remember what I did. Didn't I just read out the Wikipedia description of Rampart instead do, of Rampage? Do you know what, though? In a weird way, you may be very angry. Oh, sorry. Because when you started to write Rampart, I'm like, I'd rather to write Rampart than Rampage. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Guys, well. this is going to be the story that gets us a reality show. This is it, man. This is it. Rampart versus why don't Rampage. You and, yeah, why don't you and James what? now actually talk about Rampart Go? Well, James, I don't want to step on your toes because I put this quite high on my list, and I think it's an excellent game. Uh, it's one of the games I've played the most. Look, that's what I got. Everyone's like, well, where's Adrian? Ah. Um, oh, look mate. at his face. Listeners, listeners can't obviously see you waving around a rampart cart, but there, there's a, essentially or, a knight. A ram- and he is going ballistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, look. Do you know why I think rampart's so clever? Because I think it mixes three genres together, and you'd be like, "What are you on about, Adrian? You're talking rubbish." But I think rampart combines puzzle, uh, strategy. And um, sort of action. 
I think the action side is you've got to obviously shoot the ships. I think there's other neighbouring castles sometimes, but I think it's ships. You've got to sort of, yep. you've, got to, you've got a cursor, so it's, you have to shoot them and you have to sort of time it perfectly. You've got the strategy element because you've got to build your base. And the puzzle element is weird because you almost have to fit your walls. Uh, you have to fix your castle in a, in a allotted time period. And I don't know who makes these walls because they're not particularly good builders, but they're all weird. They look, they look like uh, Tetris blocks, don't they? Exactly. It's, exactly. it's a brilliant game. And I remember going, Gah, that's the wrong shape. I put that there, but I build a double wall here. If, you don't, if the walls don't connect, it's game over. And, and you need to – it's a two-player game as well, I believe, isn't it, James? And it it's – it's just so fun. It's frantic. It's manic, and I love the I, I love the idea of being a role <clears throat> against your against your opposition and just go. I'll, I'll take that little bit of wood out there. They won't find the right block. And sometimes you can win without really deserving it. Your your castle might be pretty much really secure, but because you can't fit in that weird little block, you're doomed. And you may say that's a bit stupid, and you may say whoever's building these walls should be sacked. But I. I think it's a brilliant game. I, it's probably actually, out of all the Master System games that I, I owned as a kid, it might be the one I played the most. Um, I know that we used to play it together, James. I used to play a lot of my brothers. The graphics are brilliant. It's one, you know, one view, the one screen, one view for the whole game. And I just think it stands up really well today. And I, I really would love to see a remake of this game. James, what, what do you think of my views? Tetris on steroids is a real-time strategy game. I mean, you know, that, 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 that's essentially it. But, I mean, I played – I think I actually played the two-player version more than anything else, actually. Um, and it was it's, – it's just – you know, because you're against the clock, um, it just adds a whole new dimension to it. And because you've got to think a little bit, it's not just a case of, you know, whacking a few walls down, throwing some cannons, and that's it, just shoot everything. It's a case that you've actually got to be quite strategic about it. Um, and you've actually got to use your brain. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, I played it with a few people and it got quite heated in some cases because, <laughs> you know, you, it was like, you just wanted to win, you know? Um, and I think because it was all on one screen, you know, you, you could see everything. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just found it such a, the more you played it, the more you wanted to play it. Um, because you could find new ways of building the walls, new places to put the cannons and, and so on and so forth. So, and I do think it's, it's probably one of those, um, those games that, that may be in the, in the wider scope of things, um, you know, again, sort of passes you by a little bit in, in, in a lot of people's top lists, because it's, it's not one of those, I, I suppose you can't sort of put it in a pigeonhole. You can't classify it as one particular genre, can you? I've got it here. Um, I've just got on the, yeah. the wiki page, James. It said the game is considered a precursor to the tower defense genre, which is, I actually quite like that genre. So I guess it did. It kind of, before that yeah. was a thing, it was a bit of a tower defense game. Tower defense slash, I mean, if you think about all the later games that came out with 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 that kind of the, the base to it, um, you know, and, and a lot of those kind of real-time strategy games, they evolved from that type of thing. You know, you, you build a base, you, you know, you're against your enemy. Um, you've got people advancing in. You've got to build defences or you've got to, you know, you've got to attack them at the same time. Um, and, and and there was, I suppose, the the um, the sort of the, the sowing the seeds of. So, yeah, great game. Great game. Very, very, very good game. Okay. Number 12, Master of Darkness. Has anyone played this? I have. No. Briefly. I have not. Keith, I know Keith loves this game. Did he put it yeah, in this number was- one? This, no, this is Keith's number two. Um, it, for anyone who's ever played this, I'd never played it or even heard of it, but it's basically like Castlevania for it's the Master Castlevania. System. It's basically, it, sure. it's kind of filling that void that all Master System, Master System owners sup- supposedly had. I never did, but it looks great. <laughs> it looks great. It does. I played it a little bit on the Retro Pie yonks ago, um, but it, he, he raised a good point when he spoke about it in one of our very first podcasts, is that 
the ROM, I think that the most popular ROM of it is like a weird <laughs> hack where you can't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so you just go through it. I'm like, oh, this is good. Okay, I'm bored now. It's really got a Dilsy mode, isn't it? Oh, man, it's like Dilsy mode God plus. Mode. It's not just God. a baby mode. Like, you just can't die. Like, just, you know, whatever you try. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's decent, but Keith's not here. So, let's move on. Yeah. That was, that was not Keith's number one. Keith's number one was number 11 in this list. Whoa. Alex Kidd. <gasps> Shinobi World. Ah, redeemed. Oh. Yeah, uh, basically, for, <laughs> But no one, if anyone who hasn't played this, it's like one of those like kind of pasty, cutesy pastiche games. In this case, with Shinobi, with Alex Kidd as the main character. Like, I mean, for me, just looking at this, the main sprite looks a bit like Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton's version of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's about that's it. That's a stretch, isn't it? <laughs> that's about it. Keith, Keith got at me a few years ago for Secret Santa, but obviously I've never, I haven't played it because I haven't got my, ma- my master system has been in storage for, since forever. <laughs> so still haven't played it. I don't know if, I don't know if James and Adrian have, have had a, have had a um, on it. Uh, not, not the, not the Shinobi one though, actually. Um, Miracle World, yes, not yeah. Shinobi. We've all played that. Yeah. Um, that was probably the first, first ever master system I ever played that in Sonic. So not, not the Shinobi one though. That was built in. I, I had, we talked yeah, about built in games earlier. My um, my Alex Kid in Miracle World was 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 built in, uh, but I didn't have to pre- I didn't have to do any. Um, uh, I didn't have to do any dancing around the living room with a load of buttons to get it to work. Though. Mm-hmm. So I had to. I just literally turned it on. But yeah, cracking game that one. But never had the pleasure of the Shinobi one. Well, without further ado, in that case, let's get on to the top ten. In a ten. Well, hang on. <laughs> is that this is the game it's hang on ah! <laughs> oh great one hang on uh, Dill this is in your list um, tell us about hang on it was I had it I had it at number 9 well it was one of my surprise games wasn't it I was like ooh I've had this the whole time like ooh hang on lovely uh, I just you know it, objectively it's not a great game there are so many things wrong with it but it's just a fast easy to pick up motorbike game racing game mm. and actually if you look at the later racing games like gp rider and stuff on the master system they're bad they're awful so the fact you know retrospectively hang on is actually one of the the, the better ones on the console it's simple it's just like the arcade it just goes round and round so you go through like the stages so you go like the um, like day stage and then it goes to the night stage and then you're back to the then you're like uh, something <laughs> that's how the goes, world works day it just goes night. round and round and round and then you go boop oh you finish that course let's do it again but let's make it harder so let's make the bikers like smash right into you because you explode in like a ball of flame like you're just like okay that's a bit because in Super Hang On and stuff, and, and, and Hang On, you just crash, don't you? You kind of crash, you get on your motorbike, you get back up. In the Master System game, no, you go, boom. <laughs> That's literally game over, yeah. You're dead, but then, no, hold on, no, no. The, the, the timer will keep ticking on, we'll bring you back to life. I'm like, oh, that's good. Uh, but yeah, it's, Clear. It's, it's still it's still fun to pick up. And if, if I am anywhere near a Master System emulator, it does usually go on. So. Well, funny enough, like this is one of the Master System games that have been reviewed on the site. And I've got to say, look, kind of going through all these games in prep for the, this actual episode, I was not that tempted to play the Master System for the most part. And I think, you know, if you want a, a summation for that reason, do you know what? 
uh, the uh, Hang On Master System got when it was reviewed on Arcade Attack? Because I did it, and I gave it hardly 47%. anything. 47%. 47%. Didn't explain yourself, boy. I mean, it's basic. It is, it's really, it's really, fa- it's absurdly fast. I mean, we talk about like Wimbledon and stuff. You can't find it, the words. It is, it is, oh my God, it is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so hard to pick up. But think, and you know, I, I came at it from an objective perspective because obviously I've got, I've got great, I've got fond memories of it. So it's obviously going to get on my top 10. But objectively, it's not a great game and it wasn't even reviewed well back in the day. It was a, a sort of like two, three out of five kind of game, but it, you know for but for it's aforementioned reasons, one of the best ten Masters games ever. Now we have said it is one of the top ten best Masters. What are you going to do about in it? Stupid, yeah, in our stupid lists, have it. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of uh, else, arcade, no, someone else must have put it in their top ten. Then, if I've only uh, Retro Faith number. put it, uh, I believe, as her seventh position. Hmm. Nice. Bumped up a bit. Nice. Nice. Mm. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, and number nine, another arcade port of a racing game uh, released around the same time as Hang On, I'm guessing, Enduro Racer. Oh, oh there you go. Goodness. Speak of the devil. Enduro Didn't Racer. like it. Why? It's a NES game. Am I talking rubbish? Huh? Well, it's kind of like, it's. Uh, I, don't, I think it's a bit different from the arcade game, but the Master System version is like isometric. It looks like an isometric version of Excite Bike on the NES. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, Never liked it. I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably jump in here because I'm going to try and redeem it because I, I did actually like it. Yeah. And actually, funnily enough, we're, we're saying the irony of it is we're saying about it sort of not being an arcade game. I, I actually, when I played it, um, I, I seem to remember that that's exactly what I felt that it was. You know, I, I, it had for me at the time, it had a really sort of arcadey feel. Um, and it was, you know, point to point racing. You had the obstacles, you had the time trial and all that sort of stuff. And although it was ridiculously painfully simple, um, you know, essentially, uh, I, I don't know what it was. It, it just had this kind of, um, consistent sort of grab that I, I just wanted to play it again and again and get further in, in, in the, um, in the uh, the different stages but yeah i mean it, it wasn't a difficult game to play per se um once you got the hang of it um once you got over the jumps i think you could you could actually increase your speed by jumping over the jumps you had to watch out for things like rocks puddles other riders and it stuff like that bit, so there, there was a but, it was a bit paper boyish wasn't it, it, it it was it was a little bit paper, I suppose. It but, was but, that kind of like but, you're going at that but, kind of angle, and you've got to like, hold on. like avoid things and like hit ramps and stuff. I hated it. I don't know did did you ever see? Did you ever see Paperboy riding that fast? No, probably not. No, Paperboy was good. It was. No, in I just think it was so. It, the simplicity is the homework of genius, in, yes. in, in in my view. And I just think that it was so easy to pick up and play. It was horribly frustrating at times because you know you'd hit this little puddle and just have some kind of you know massive fit and fall off your bike or whatever. But um, you know, on the whole, it, I don't know what it was. It was. The simplicity kind of just made it quite um, addictive in a way. I just wanted to pick it up and carry on playing it. So hence why it appeared in my top ten. I know you're a guest on. The- like the pod, but there's no way I'm not going to let you get away with simplicity is the homework of genius. You have to explain <laughs> that one. Come on. Well, it's like I said earlier. So there must be games out there. So there's got to be games, and I guarantee, looking at the three of you now, there's got to be games that you've played in the past that you hold very dear that actually are essentially very easy to pick up and play and operate. And there's not a lot to them, surely. Mm-hmm. But why? Yeah. <laughs> what, Dylan's nodding. Dylan's <laughs> nodding. Dude, all of my favourite games are really simple. <laughs> I'm a simple <laughs> guy. There you are. <laughs> or improvement. 
But I, I just, I just think, I just think sometimes, I just think sometimes to make something more simple, to make it um, just so you can pick up and dive in. I mean, to, mean? Be, to be fair, to be fair, that's very true now. If you, if you know, a lot, a lot of the, all, for all of the the, the sort of um, the fantastic nuances and bits and pieces mm. that you have across all these new games and all this in depth stuff. You pick up some of these, some of these um, games that have, have adapted from other things, um, you know, that are very, very simple. And you think, wow, this is really playable. It's really easy. I don't have to spend 15 minutes understanding what the controls are. Um, and, you know, I can just get on, pick it up and play it. And actually, that sometimes is exactly what you need, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for me, that's what Endura Racer, that Endura Racer filled that kind of gap, which was a pick up and play switch your brain off, ride over humps, beat the other races and get a good time. That's ride it. over my them humps. humps. My humps, my humps. Yeah. yeah. My lovely James. Enduro racer humps. Yeah. Well, I, I, really what I was getting at with that question. I can't call <laughs> Robin Dillon, but I'm a very learned man because don't forget. You're a learned I thought, man. Yeah. I thought learned. <laughs> learned. Because <laughs> I thought John Barnes played football with his Zimmer frame. So, you know. That's true. Don't put me in that you know, bracket. Where, boy. Did Keith, where did Keith have this in his top 10? <laughs> Did I tell you this is in Keith's tough tip? Yeah, you, you were just go- saying you were just saying it earlier. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know, but he was he rated a higher highest out of the two people who voted for it. Um, number eight, it's uh, we mentioned uh, one of the games before. It's a cutesy cartoon mascot, uh, and it's Sonic the Hedgehog two. Ew. Sonic the Hedgehog two, solid. Came out a month before the Mega Drive version, and I gotta say, like I played this in the Game Gear, I thought it was a great game. In fact, I didn't really think it was far from 16-bit standard. I think you spruce up the graphics a bit. People would not be that disappointed if this was a sequel to the like original Sonic early, game on the Mega Yeah, Mike. like an early 16-bit Ooh. game. Yeah. Um, I I have odd memories of this one because I re- I was really looking for. So the year it must have been come out a couple of years after I'd had the Master System. Was it 92? Um, Christmas 92 it came out or something. And um, I was like, oh, yeah. It was already in the shops, like way. B- Actually, no, it wasn't. They they delayed it, I think, because I went to I went to my dad was like, oh, let's go and get your Christmas present now, just so it's under the tree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went down there. I was like, oh, it's not there. And I was like, oh, Lemmings looks nice. Mm. This Lemmings here looks nice. And he was like, oh, why don't you get you that one? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll have this one. And he was like, I'll get you Sonic Two as well when it comes <gasps> out. And oh, I was your like, dad. Oh, yeah. So when ding, I had ding, both. Ding, ding. When I had both of them, I was like, oh, yeah, I played Lemmings more. <laughs> I did. But, but, but actually, as, as, as good as Lemmings is on the Master System, it's like, it's really difficult to play now. I couldn't put it in my, I couldn't put it in my top 10. Um, Amiga version all day, every day for that. But yeah, Sonic 2 never really did it for me as much as, as Sonic 1. It's, um, it definitely, it's, it's a lot more advanced. There's a lot more game mechanics in there. So you've got the, the minecart thing. You've got the hang glider thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It adds all that together, but it didn't have the same. It's not as balanced a platformer as its predecessor. That's but you voted for it. Like, how many games in your top 10 are games you don't actually rate that much? I did. <laughs> no, but this is it, right? Cause like, you have to be objective. You have to be objective about these things. And these are, but these you are... weren't objective. <laughs> no, I'm objective. <laughs> It's my fifth. <laughs> it's my fifth favorite Master System game. But yeah, it's a it's a classy game. It's got the Sonic. Um, favorite goodness. is not objective. Best is objective. Favorite is subjective. I don't know what have we done. We've just done top tens. <laughs> you said you have to be objective. We've <laughs> just done top tens. It's the opposite of what. Do you know what? Adrian, <laughs> he's um, losing it. He's losing it. It's head in hands time. No, I, I, I agree Rob's with you. Rob's had enough. Rob's had enough uh, of our meandering chat. 
No, because just because it's a great game, it doesn't mean it, it, a lot of people probably think it's the best Master System game, full stop. But I actually kind of agree with Dylan. It, it should be arguably the best game because it should should have learned from the first Sonic game, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, and just move things forward. Um, and it was it was it did do that in some ways, but it never kind of captured that hard thing. Uh, that some games just don't have. Uh, it, it's it's a masterpiece in, in in programming. It's it's amazing how what they got out of that game, but it just lacks that little spark. I put it in my top ten. I mean, it's a very classy game, um, but it's not next level. There you go. That's my kind of weird blubbering discussions about it. Moving on. Okay, moving on. Uh, right. Um, this is a cutesy uh, kind of mascot character. We've already mentioned one of the games before. Uh, yeah, it's. It, am I looking at the same notes? No, it's Alex Kid Miracle World number seven. Bing, bing, bing. What a uh, game! Retrofaith uh, scored this very highly, but also uh, James, you voted for it. Was this Sega's <laughs> attempt at a Mario? That's a very good question. Um, I think if they, I think if they tried to do that, they knew they were probably going to come up on a sticky wicket because Mario had already made such a huge um, impact. I, I mean, the, the character is very different. I mean, let's be honest, Mario. You know, he grows bigger. He doesn't just have a, an enormous appendage uh, like Alex Kidd does. <laughs> his um, hand. You know, he's got a huge, a huge fist that just seems to come out of his back pocket from nowhere, you know, and can just destroy seemingly everything. Um, and I mean, you know, you, you, you sort of, the, the jumping around and, and the sort of physics and things like that, I just think it was different. I mean, one of the a couple of things that I really liked about Alex Kidd, let's be honest, no physical violence with the bosses, yeah? So instead of smashing them to pieces like you did in most other games, you actually played a game of rock, paper, scissors, um, which um, which sort of brought a, a sort of a, albeit very basic level of strategy into the game. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, as, as the game went on, it really did get quite a lot harder. Um, and there's, there's, there's a lot to be said. I think some, some, some master system games, uh, had, I feel quite a sort of a, a, a plateaued kind of difficulty setting all, all the way throughout, you know, yes, you had different enemies and things like that, but it was, it was, it was more or less the same type of difficulty. This one, it really did get very hard towards, you know, the, the second half of the game um sort of the forest levels the castle levels and things like that and and you genuinely did feel as though you know a bit of sweat on the brow you know am i going to pass this bit or do i have to start the game all over again you know you can't just save it and go back to the last screen so um that put quite a bit of challenge into it um and also i quite liked i quite liked all the different variations you know you had the little helicopter bicycle you know you had the underwater Mm. section you had the sort of um almost like the grand sort of grand canyon volcano type you know thing at the start um, and you had all these different backgrounds. And I also think as well, the, the music and sound effects were pretty good. Um, so, you know, I, yes, I think that they tried to make a bit of an identity for themselves in terms of Alex Kidd. And I think they did that to a degree. Do I think that, that they were trying to be the Mario of the Mars system? I, 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 I think that that would be a very, very bold thing to do if they were actually trying that. And, you know, cause we all know that Mario was, was pretty much king at the time, but um, I, I still rate it very highly. It was a built-in game, and I found it by mistake on my uh, my system, and I'm glad I did. Um, <laughs> but overall, um, yes, it is cutesy. Yes, you know there are sort of a, a very sugar-coated parts in it, but um, very playable. Sounds good, looks good, um, and um, I'd quite happily pick it up and play it again. Why don't people think the character worked on 16-bit? Because it was the 8-bit character over in 16-bit, mm. wasn't it? Do you know what? I, and James might be angry at me saying this, but Alex Kidd, 
That's got the charisma of a spud. Mm, a spud. A I was going to say a, a, a snail and snail maze. Snail and snail maze has more, I think. Go, go, go charisma of a zoomer frame. Alex Kidd literally has got a big hand. Um, and I, in a weird way, the game reminds me, it's got that kind of altered beast syndrome, as in it's an early game. It was probably supposed to be the kind of sort of packing, what was the packing game? Um, the game itself isn't bad. It's just the character didn't never really excited me. You know, all it's no, li- Zool, no Zool. All no my Zool. life, people have been making fun of me for my big hand. <laughs> First education was that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's reading the he's yeah, got an essay on his hand. Love it. Yeah, love yeah. it. I'd rather uh, see a video game of that character than Alex Kidd. The game <laughs> itself, James, actually was quite good. And the, and the right, the motorcycle bits were quite clever. The rock paper scissors was quite unique. It was quite playable, but I just didn't get to grips with the character. I mean, so, I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably concede actually that if it, the character in isolation, fair enough. Yeah, it, you know, he didn't probably set the world alight per se. But I think, I think from my perspective, it was more a case of because the game around the character was 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 good, and it introduced a few different elements, i.e., the rock paper scissors, you know, the motorbike, the underwater, the bicycle helicopter. I think maybe that kind of became the focus rather than just the character. I, I you know, I, maybe in hindsight, that's. You know, a guy with a big fist jumping around. Yeah, he, you know, he's not going to bring a, a huge amount to the table. But um, the game as a whole, maybe that's maybe that's what stole it for me. Maybe it was the the playability of the game around the character. Mm. James giving some ground there, which is ironic because at number six we have game ground. Ah! Segue. What? Ah, <laughs> what yeah, a oh, game! Oh, now, sorry. I believe this is James's number one pick, isn't it, James? Is that right? It, it got changed a few times, but I absolutely had to have this as my top pick, and and I will tell you for why. I rented this game, and I, I rented it on a, on. A, I remember very very clearly. I thought, what's this? What's all this on the front? And, the, and I, the more I looked at the front cover of the game, the more things I could see. And I thought, this looks a bit sort of. What's going on here? You know, I want to try this game. I don't actually know what it's about. It doesn't actually tell me on the front what you do. So anyway, took it home, plugged it in, and and actually it was a bit of a slow start. I thought this this sort of looks a bit bit kind of slow, but I, I as I got into it more and more, and as I got through the different stages, worlds, and levels, because it's it's quite a, a stacked game in terms of uh, stages and, and, and levels, um, it, it just absolutely hooked me in. And I mean, there's a few elements to it. It does look fairly basic on you know at first glance. However. Some of the points of gameplay I thought were really good. You can choose different characters who have different weapons, for example. Those different weapons um, can reach different parts of the map. So, for example, you've got a grenadier who can throw grenades up the top of a, you know, a, a hillside, for example, to hit a, a guy throwing a spear at you. You know, you've got a, a, sh- a rifleman who can shoot really far into the distance. You know, and they've all got their pluses and, and, and positives and negatives. And you know, you essentially have to either eliminate all the enemies on the screen. Or you have to get all of your characters who are sort of at your baseline into the exit, okay? With, you know, without killing all the all the enemies, um, and it goes on and on. I mean, I think I said to Adrian a bit earlier when we were sort of chatting about this, it's almost like Takeshi's Castle with weapons. Um, you know, like it, it's, it's exactly that type of thing. You've got all these kind of ghouls and and and, and the, these guys standing around and different machines and things firing bullets and spears and and stones and lasers at you, and you've essentially got to pick the right character to um destroy all of these different enemies and and one character won't be able to do it alone because they won't have all the correct weapons to be able to reach all the enemies so i mean i you know i played through it um i eventually managed to complete it although the later levels are really really tricky um but i'll tell you what i i went back to it i, I looked at some 
I went back and look at look at looks at playthroughs the other day, and I mean, it was just literally flick the light bulb back on. I was like, this game was just fantastic, um, and I don't know what it was. It's it, you know, to this day, I can't put my finger on the the one thing that that made it really good. I think maybe the thing at the top of the list was probably the strategy. You know, it was the teamwork. You have to pick the right person to get the right job done to get to the exit to save everybody. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just a a platform or a shooter or a a strategy. It was kind of a almost like almost like the old Rampart syndrome, bit of a bit of a mixture. So and and but, James. Um, I've played it at your house. You, you when, when I came to your house, um, when we first started school together, yeah. we used to swap masters and games. We used to play games at your house. And this is one of the first games you showed me. And I was like, wow, what is this game? Never heard of it. I don't think it had much of a sort of name back then, even today, arguably. But it, mm. I, I agree. When we got into two play, it was like, wow, this is pretty deep, actually. You can really work together. I, I like it. It's, it. I really had good fun with this game. I think it was, I think it was in my early, at the bottom of my top 10 as well. So I did yeah. enjoy it a lot. It's- yeah, a lot, of, a lot of love for that game, and it, and it's it's one of those games that you you look back on, and it just it brings back you know really really good memories. And I'm sure we've all got kind of one or two of those games when you think about it, and you hear the music, and you and you kind of see the intro, you think yes. Mm. So yeah, great game. It's a bit like Gauntlet, isn't it? It's quite uh, inspired from Gauntlet, kind of that look. Yeah, it's it's Gauntlet. Gauntlet obviously a little bit different because it's you know scrolling. Um, I believe depending on which version you went for, but I mean the the the, the game ground was was you know one one screen, um, and you had to you had to basically wipe out everybody on that screen. But the trick was that one member of your team couldn't do it alone necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly on the later levels, you had to be strategic about it, pick other characters, and actually support each other. And if one of those characters died, um, there was a little icon left on the screen, like a little canister, where that that kind of um, almost like a, I suppose, a futuristic kind of. Uh, frozen kind of body or whatever and then the, you what you do is you go back on the battlefield if you could collect that canister and get it to the exit you'd then retrieve that person and bring it back to life again so yeah strategy i would say if anything so number five it's a game that uh we actually covered quite recently and a game that was in the mega drive top 25 uh it's one of dylan's favorites it is Streets of Rage. Hey, Streets of Woo-hoo! Rage on the Master System. I don't know if James and Adrian have had the pleasure of this. No? More, more so on the Mega Drive, um, but I did dabble back when, but not a huge amount. Very much so on the Mega Drive, as, as, as I'm sure everybody has done, but um, take people, it away. Yes, yeah, so this is the thing. And it, another, uh, this is one of these games that how on oh, earth is on this, on, you know, how on earth is this on the Master System? It just like it just I couldn't believe it. I didn't didn't get a copy of it until years. You know, this is one of the games I picked up in the two thousands, and I just like because the, the, the it has limitations. It benefits from the fact that Streets of Rage one on the Mega Drive is not one of the most powerful games on the console, so it didn't have that much to leap. Less said about Streets of Rage two on the Master System, the better. Uh, but the first one is great. It it dropped the two player. Uh, it dropped Adam, so you just, you've only got Axel and Blaze, but it looks great. It plays, it's really satisfying, like the collision detection is really good. Uh, the music is pretty good for the 8-bit. Uh, you can't pause it to recollection. I think to get the, the police car, I think you have to press the, pu- the pause button on the master system. So don't pause the game. No, you just have to play it through in one go and then you'll be right. No break. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a superb achievement, actually. I think, and it is, it's, yeah, it's one of my, one of my treasured in my collection now. Good. Cool. And uh, moving on to number four. Sorry, did, uh, did someone else want to talk about Streets of Rage? 
We've done two pods on it, mate. Yeah, I think before. we've had enough Street of Rage. We're all good. Yeah, number four, we have another of Dylan's favourite games. Ooh. California Games. Yes! Oh, oh yes. God. Yeah. Other people must have voted for this, because I yeah. yes. my number eight. Do you know what? It's so fun, isn't it? It's just such a fun game. I it's love just it. a really good conversion. I actually prefer it to the Mega Drive one. It was one of these ones that I used to borrow from Blockbuster like on multiple occasions, because... All of the little mini games work in it. Again, less said about California Games 2, the better. But <laughs> California Games, I think California Games 2 was, own, was a, a Master System only release as well. I don't think they even bothered like putting that on the Mega Drive or anything. But yeah, my, California Games are great. If you get bored with one thing, just go to the next thing, isn't it? Hacky Sack. Yeah. <laughs> Hack East. Okay. Don't, let, it, don't let it stop. <laughs> don't let it stop. I don't know, you see what you've done. <laughs> but the so bike got, thing, I knew that was going to get, I knew that was going to come up at some point. The bike <laughs> thing, everything foot is. Footbag, Dylan. Footbag. Foot come bag, on. Hacky Sack. I know, don't. Hacky Sack. Footbag. <laughs> James, you had, this quite, you had this quite high up. Uh, what do you like about California Games? I had it fourth on my list. Um, it was, I think, one of these ones. Uh, definitely the, the rental. Uh, th- I probably rented it so many times. I think my, my poor parents could have probably bought it about three times <laughs> over. Actually, the amount of times we rented it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think because I, um, two things. First reason is I, I wasn't massively into sports games and things like that. And although we've you know kind of talked about Italian nineties stuff like that, I played that quite a lot. Um, you know, the you got. It, I didn't have many if any sports games at the time um and uh, this one um was actually like we said before a bit of a diamond in the rough um because a lot of sports games were a load of old dross um, and this one was pretty good the other reason um, was the fact that i felt i was almost getting like eight or nine games in one um so you know i I could play all these different games and they were all very different modes you know it wasn't it wasn't just something you know you didn't get sort of two or three modes that were just a rehash of the last one they actually genuinely were different modes um and i seem to remember i think my i think my favorites were surfing and and bmx um even though if i remember correctly i was absolutely horrific at them um but you know it didn't stop me trying but probably better than we are in real life yeah (laughs) oh oh undoubtedly the surfing (laughs) the surfing was really fun and i think a lot of surfing games and i've played a few since haven't actually managed to get that level of playability out of it so however they programmed it was you know pretty amazing and i did and i did rent it on multiple occasions (laughs) enough to buy it exactly i I know like what the hell (laughs) You rented it so much, but, it was enough to buy a plane ticket to California, but you just didn't want to do probably. that. No, just keep going to Blockbuster, and, and, mate. And buy the ticket to watch the sports as well, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, great, great little game. And the fact that, you know, you could play all of those individually, um, and they all felt like proper individually developed games, I think is a, is a great achievement. I really do mm-hmm. think that's, that's top draw. And Dylan's right. It wasn't, uh, California Games 2 was only released, well, I say only, it was released in the Amiga, Atari, DOS, Sega Master System, and SNES. And it was never on the on the Mega Drive. And it says here the DOS version of the game does make comical references to death and even contains some animated gore. There you go. Wow. It went downhill pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of no, uh, yeah. speaking of games that have animated gore in, number three, Castle of Illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite, eh? Awesome. I love this yeah. game. Disney wouldn't allow it in. I love uh, it. Adrian, you sorry, go ahead, Dill. No, I just gonna say I love it. Adrian, where's where's Adrian put? I only put it as my number seven, but again, this is one of, this is one of the one of one of my rentals from Blockbuster. I never owned it. I think I put it quite high, didn't I, Rob? 
Uh, I think so. I don't actually have the lists in front of me, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you you put a highest uh, piece of the voted for it. What I like, what I like it is it's a great two player game. I think some platform games are better as one player, but this is a two player game, isn't it? I'm talking rubbish now, am I? No, cast, no, Castle of Illusion on the Master System is one player. I'm talking I'm World of Illusion on the Mega Drive. Yeah. Talking, yeah, I think the World. I'm getting the games mixed up. Okay, Castle Illusion is still a very good game. The graphics are amazing, um, and Mickey Mouse. Who doesn't like Mickey Mouse? There you go. Well, I was actually going to ask you guys, do you think Mickey Mouse is a really in- interesting character? I'm guessing you probably rate him higher than Alex Kidd, but it's never been really been a character that's clicked with me. No, no, Steam- same. Oh, Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. Um, <laughs> that's not- where he peaked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That, Ooh, that was savage. it. That was it for him. But no, I, I, yeah, I didn't think that much of Mickey Mouse, but he looked amazing on the Master System. I guess he's quite a simple character to draw. Because he's got not many, he hasn't got many colours in him, so he looked he looked good. And the game, I think the game's better than the Mega Drive version. The level design is different. I think the whole um, the whole concept of it is a bit different. It just really works as a good, solid platformer. Really pretty to look at. Lovely music. I think Plus, some some platform games work better as a one player game. Yeah, and this is one of the games that works better than the one player game than the two player game. This so I saved myself. Yeah, there, this is <laughs> it. I'll tell you something. I'd love to have been smoking what they were smoking when they came up with the levels in this game. I tell you, I know all because this you, you jump in a dry teacup, you're swimming through. You know, you're swimming through with a couple of large smiling sugar cubes. Yeah, you know, you, you're walking around. You're walking. One of the boss fights is a large dairy milk of some description. Um, you know, and then you've got all sorts of. Other, I mean, it's, it's it's absolutely fascinating some of the the graphics and the interactions on it. And I'll tell you one thing: now that we've actually said it, um, and g- going back to Alex Kidd, I I'm I mean I'm indifferent on Mickey Mouse. I don't I don't dislike him. I don't like him. Um, he's a character, and he's been around for donkey's years. However, I think that this game is probably along the same lines of the Alex Kidd type syndrome, where I think it's a game around the character. Um, that, that perhaps made the experience better than just the character himself. Um, yeah, and, and, and Adrian having his up earlier, um, I think probably you, you, I'd probably agree with it. And in hindsight, and I think the, because the game, the levels, the the, the inter, you know the boss fights and things like that, because they were so good, they looked so great, they were well coloured, they moved well. Um, you know, I, I think that probably detracted from from you sort of um, focusing solely on the main character. So um, yeah, very good game. Cool. Well, uh, as we get up to the top of the list, I have to say there is a sizable gap, I think, between three and four and number five. And there's a big, a far bigger gap between three and two and a, a bigger gap than that between two and one. But number wow. two is uh, another arcade game adaptation. It is, I think, possibly the best sh- uh, shoot 'em up on 8-bit. It is R-Type. Mm. Yes. Fabulous! I never had it, Go so ahead. it never. I never played the Master System version, so it never. I love it. Oh, you missed it! Yeah, you get it down to Woolworths. Go on. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Woolworths. I'm gonna go back in time and get it. <laughs> get yeah. it that bargain bin. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, I'm gonna say, I, I, just looking at it, it's a great adaptation. Just looking at the graphics and the sound. Love it. I don't. I love that game. I mean, it's one of those games I played in the Spectrum, then the Master System, then the Amiga, then I got R Type Two and the Amiga. Um, and it's just one of those games that it's just so it's so great. It looks amazing. It's just shooting bad guys, and the first boss, the iconic weird. 
I can't even explain, like an alien creature with a big tail, scorpion tail alien coming out. Features, thing, it's, it? it's amazing. Uh, it just looks so fun. And I don't know why. I seem to like the sort of side-scrolling horizontal shooters more than sort of up shooters, um, vertical shooters. There's something about it. I love it so much. It kind of reminds me of the good old Swiv and Silkworm. Well, I know one of them's top-down, to be fair. But those kind of shoot-em-ups, I used to love playing with my brothers. We used to take it in turns. And it's just a classy game. R-Type is, uh, is amazing. I don't know why it's called R-Type, not Z-Type or whatever, but it's brilliant. Love it. Well, uh, you and James both put it as number two. Can you guess who put it as their number one? Oh, Keith, maybe. Do you know what? I would have expected that. But um, no, we've already established Alex Kinshinovi world as Keith's yeah, number yeah, one. True, this was not in Keith's list anywhere, which I, I found quite shocking because this is really oh, his kind of game. Yeah, like it was Retro Faith's number one. Mm. it's a great pull actually the master system one i know that um it's worth playing uh, dylan are you a fan of our type full stop i've played it on lots of other platforms but yeah again you know if if, if i ever get back into master system collecting then i'll uh i'll see if i can pick it up but it, it was a very impressive game i mean when you when you you know from word go when you first start playing it it's very impressive because it's quite fluid um and it's you know for for all of uh, the, the sort of um, you know various different attempts to make it futuristic at the time. I think it actually did quite well with that, and it, it it was because it was fluid. You had lots of different enemies. It wasn't just the same thing regurgitated over again and again. Um, it was really good. And, and Asian talks about the boss fights and things like that. They were you know they were something else. Um, and I mean I, I you know they they really were a bit of a shock. And you sort of fight sort of where am I going to take this thing down you know but there was a lot to the game um, and I probably have to agree as well that the side-scrolling shooters pip it from the top-down ones um, just adds maybe another dimension to it I think I know what the R stands for now do you want to have a guess anyone? Robot? Robot? Nope Jinx <laughs> No you can't do Hey you can't talk Oh but there's I'm no one here to punch me you. <laughs> There's no one here to punch me <laughs> it's Japanese, well, so it's going to be something really weird. Like, no, it's not that weird actually. What do you shoot out out of your your your, your ray? Um, yeah, ray. It just sounds for ray, ray, ray of light. Ray um, it's just so good. And this, this, I'm just looking at the screenshot out of the first boss. I think it's called a dob corrupt. Corruptops, I can't even pronounce that properly. But it's That's easy for you. Yeah, I don't know about it. But the reviews are off the charts. There's been lots of sequels. Um, I think sometimes I think the original might be the best for me personally. Just an ma- amazing game. Love it so much. Um, one of those games that just brings back so many fond memories. So I'm happy for it to be. Where is it? Number two now or number three, Rob? Number two. It's number two. It's, it's wow. There you go. Wow, the big um, reveal. And before we get to number one, uh, here are some of the games that didn't get in. Ooh. We've mentioned a couple of uh, already, but in addition to those. Any of the Wonder Boy games? I really like the first Wonder Boy game in yeah, general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shinobi. Yeah, Shinobi no wasn't a Shinobi. good port. No. Uh, Battle Outrun. Battle original Outrun. Battle Outrun was good, actually. I think even Outrun Europa was good. I think they were both quite good. But I haven't played those for, for Yonk. I can barely remember them. But Dynamite Ducks. Where was Dynamite Ducks? I quite like that. I don't know. I was going to say one game I'm surprised uh, didn't make it in. Just, it, it is such a classic, especially on a bit. Bubble Bubble. Yeah. yeah. Bubble no, Bubble. no. And actually, you mentioned Rainbow Irons before. Rob, we must do that versus game soon because those two games are brilliant and they probably deserve to be in it, to be honest. But what are you going to do? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, number one, with no further ado, I think everyone can probably guess what it is. It was number <laughs> one 
in Dylan Adrian's ch- uh, list, it is Sonic the Hedgehog 1. And before you guys start talking about it, because I haven't really spoken about any of these, any of these games, I'm going to tell a story. What? Ooh. Hedgehog 1 Wait, on the market. I tell the story around here, Rob. Oh, around. my God. Get the fire going. Get your tea ready. When I was a child, <laughs> back, uh, I think it must have been uh, 1991, 92, I was still living in South Africa. And we kind of had uh, the Famicom, the Japanese, like, NES. I've spoken about this before. Mm-hmm. And you had kind of, like, uh, I guess, uh, semi-pirate versions of uh, a lot of the games. But in about 1991 or two, uh, Sega actually came to South Africa. And uh, this is obviously uh, kind of post-Mandela coming out of prison, post-apartheid, pretty much at this point. Anyway, uh, and, like, they had kind of had this big presentation at a local shopping center. It was called Green Acres, and it was Port, Port Elizabeth. And they set up all these, like, kind of screens with Sonic the Hedgehog and the Master System on. And I thought, I just heard of Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't really know, know the difference between a Master System and a Mega Drive. So, like, uh-huh. I, I, I just heard, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, so amazing. And I remember, <laughs> like, just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> enough to play this game and uh, just kind of sitting there and thinking wow this just is absolutely terrific it's what a game and i think you guys have to agree with me it is so incredibly playable looks fantastic for the like the 8-bit and sounds great and also as with all like the sonic edge games on the 8-bit it's completely different from the 16-bit like versions so you can enjoy both simultaneously yeah, if it was a watered-down port of the Mega Drive version, it probably wouldn't deserve to be number one. But you're right, Rob, because it's its own game, its own entity, it deserves more respect. It's just amazing. I was glued to my neighbor's daughter's Master System CRT TV <laughs> when, when we were helping Cat sit because of that game. I couldn't be prized away from that bedroom. It sounds dodgy, but I was there playing Sonic for many hours i was like your tea's ready no i'm playing sonic come out you've been in that room for too long no i'm playing sonic (laughs) yeah amazing it's a great game isn't it it's just too good phil was your number one as well (laughs) sorry go ahead james no i was just going to add to that essentially i think um the soundtrack is just amazing we all know the music um, you know, and also I think the point we so well that you know you, the little jingles in between the levels, you know, and it, and it's you've got things like that where the backdrop is is so good and the character is so good, um, you've you've got an absolute winner on your hands, um, and and it's so fluid as well, so fluid, so playable, um, and it just can so many different aspects. Um, it, it's it's a great game, and I, and I tell you what, it's it it, um, it it definitely deserves to be number one. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the music. Uh, do you know which yeah. uh, kind of song, which huge international hit, ripped off the music for one of the levels? <laughs> I know. Dill? Yeah, Dill. Um, Go on. It's Janet Jackson's... Um, Together Again. Together uh. Again. <laughs> From, like, the bridge. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, careful. We might get the... <laughs> we'll get the lawyers now back again, Dylan and Rob. Be careful. Sorry, James, you're losing a bit of bandwidth, mate. You're um, you're kind of coming crackly. crackly. Yeah, you're coming crackly. And All over the I apologise that if anyone can't make out what James is saying, but he's saying good things. He's saying good things about Sonic One. What? What do I have to say about Sonic One? Jesus, I mean, not only is it the best game on the Master System, not only is it easily the best platformer. I think it's one of the best platformers ever made. And like, you know, this is that's. Is, Steve. It is. It is easily one of the best platformers ever made. It's, it's got the perfect balance 
of everything. I don't even have to list it. It literally is the perfectly, it's the most perfectly balanced game. And when I, when I picked it up, cause, you know, my, I think the games I had at the time before I got Sonic 1 were Ghostbusters, Galaxy Force, Hang On, Safari Hunt. Wait a minute, you Snail had Mode. Ghostbusters, you've never talked about I this. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Oh, sorry, that's a reveal. That was a bit of a reveal. Those are the only games I had. <laughs> Sonic blew, blew all of them out of the water. And that's not difficult. But it, it did. It did. It's, you know, it's so many fond memories for me. I think, and every, even though the other Sonics after it were technically better, they were never, they never captured that kind of magic. It's a great game. Yeah. And Sonic's got more charisma in one of his white gloves compared to all of Addict's kids' giant hands combined. Is that fair? Yeah. Oh, shots fired. (laughs) I think that's fair. James said shots fired. Yeah, he didn't say. (laughs) 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 Well, well, and on that note, that wonderful note, uh, I think uh, we should probably put an end to this. But um, no, thanks for like uh, everyone's kind of inputs. Uh, James, thanks for coming along and guesting. Thank you. Glad to be here. He yes. said, thank you, lovely to be here. He said, lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. You all stink. James, how do you say such a free thing? And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at UK, at KeithBarlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.